You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories, and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton, and I am joined by the man who lactates ranch dressing, Kyle Sandin. Goes great on pizza. That it does. <laughs> the potty-mouthed debutante that identifies as a unicorn, Hunter Sealock. What? And the masseuse with the caboose, Brooks Nickel. Hey, let me get you. My, let me get my fingers on you. <laughs> yes, please. They called him Pansy, and all the women hated him. <laughs> Reba McIntyre wrote a song about it, and everybody misunderstood the lyrics. Oh man, uh, how's everybody's week? Uh, empty, done with Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Nothing left to live for. Brooks is on his deathbed. Uh huh. Not feeling the, too well. Got the beaver fever from his Filipino <laughs> milf. Not, not touching that one. <laughs> That's what you should have said. It's late for that. <laughs> I'm going to do the usual setup, the news, um, what we've been playing, some reviews. We've got a little special feature at the end. Uh, but I wanted to say this week I went to a brick and mortar video rental store. Yeah, you did. An actual store. And I couldn't have been happier with the exchange. The guy that, uh, the clerk at the store, when I picked up Mortal Kombat 11, he knew everything about the game. So it was nice. He was telling me things about it. I appreciate that. But his attire was a trench coat and a single, like, padded glove, not like a silvery Michael Jackson style glove, (laughs) but like a padded. I don't know. Glove work glove? It was more like something you'd wear in the snow in like 1993. Like it. Oh it dear. Was out the of space and time. Goose down. The boots of gloves. So all of that got me pretty uh, pretty stoked to play Mortal Kombat 11. But we'll discuss that later. Um, I thought we'd hop in with just some general news. Um, so the first thing, Anthem got an update this week, and so this was long awaited. A uh, game hadn't been updated in a while. And this yep. update primarily added the ability to change your gear in the middle of a mission, which you think would have been in there from the beginning of the game, <laughs> but mm. wasn't. You had to go back to the base every time you wanted to switch gear around. You still, if you pick up gear in the mission, it still doesn't like decrypt. Yeah. So you can't see what you picked up. So it's kind of a Josh, half-ass. Can <laughs> I ask you real quick um, sure. on the Anthem update? Does anybody give a shit? Uh, in Shorebrooks, <laughs> no, no, they do not. Okay. I doubt sort this of... brought back a single fucking player. I know sort I haven't of... put it back in. Yeah, um, well, because it, well, it was just sure. this, and then they added a stronghold, which is like the equivalent of a, a strike in Destiny, like a 10 15 minute dungeon kind of thing. And they are a blast, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty boring. Um, and so. It's kind of interesting. I think it was maybe a month or two ago, Paul Tassi at Forbes wrote an article where he was saying, you know, I feel like we're waiting for something for Anthem, but nobody knows what we're waiting for. Like, like what could possibly save this game at this point? Um, (laughs) And I think that's, that's certainly accurate to the state of the game now because they also today, so they released that patch on Tuesday and then today, which we're recording Wednesday, um, they delayed their entire roadmap indefinitely. For stuff they were going to add in the game. Uh, 
So nobody knows. They didn't give dates on when any of the other content would come out or anything. No, like that, so. they're they're fucking done with it. They're gonna sweep it under the rug like every other mm-hmm. failed piece of shit game that's came out in the last five years. That's always yeah. a good sign. Yeah. yeah, it's it does not look good for them and EA in particular lately has has had issues. I mean, obviously they had issues with Battlefield at the end of last year, and then Anthem underperforming, and then um, Apex. Like I think just because there hasn't been a steady stream of content for that see, appears to be kind of bleeding uh, people playing that and the monetization of that. They're not receiving as much revenue. So uh, the projections on that game look off. So it's it's going to get weird. Maybe if they had a better today. season pass. <laughs> that season pass was not great. Do you like autumn looking camo in the middle of spring? <laughs> then you'll love our season pass. Yeah. At least it's still a finished game, though. That's true. This, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I have very few qualms with Apex. Um, I would like more content just because I like the game. It's not like it has to have mm. it. It's just I enjoy the game and would like more. Stuff. Yeah. Another map would be really cool for sure. Yeah. And then, Hunter, you were talking to me a little bit about the latest Halo Infinite rumor. Why don't you fill us in on that? Yeah, there's there's still a lot of rumors floating around. Um, there's this there's some a, a guy by the name of Brad Sam's not somebody I'm real familiar with. Seems to be a pretty well established uh, journalist and Microsoft insider. He's apparently had some really good information in the past on some Microsoft hardware and general updates and stuff like that. He said that they were trying that they three four three were trying to make a, a battle royale mode for uh, Halo Infinite. And pretty well left it at that. Well, Frank O'Connor, the franchise development director for the Halo franchise at 343, said that's not the case. Um, and that you could basically make a BR and Forge right now on basically any game that has the Forge because it's a mode and not a genre. So basically quit asking about it <laughs> was basically how it was going. Um, he Hooray. Said, he said, it, yeah, exactly. He said basically in response to that, that they were creating, quote, big social modes with loads of organic shenanigans, end mm. quote. There we go. I don't, which sounds I way better. That's yeah. one thing I love. Oh, yeah. Loads of shenanigans. Yeah. Loads. It sounds great, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, yeah. Mass speculation. Yeah, well, it's what you've uh, come here for. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But it does. It's still no release date. Uh, the budget that's huge still seems like it was huge. Nobody's came out and said that's it wasn't five hundred million. That's nonsense. Uh, everybody right. seems. To didn't think, he say something like when they asked him that? Didn't he say, "Uh, that sounds about right." <laughs> like yeah, basically. He was exact, like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's still in that ballpark. Again, most of that's probably making the engine and all that kind of stuff. Slip space engine and sure. I mean, a lot's a lot's gone into that. But he didn't. That's those rumors seem to be getting more and more solid for what that's worth. But um. That's that's the the biggest news is you know you had a, a, a journalist come out and say he may somebody inside a three four three may have been working on a br deal that got scrapped since then so he may have got good information and things have changed uh, since he said that but you know a pretty big pretty big player at three four three came out and said nonsense so quit it you know so that that's that's basically yeah. it as far as infinite goes it it does look also this is just in other news. Um, the Showtime's doing a Halo series, and they have apparently cast their Master Chief. Um, oh man, are they, is it actually going to happen this time? It looks like nah. it. They've tried to do yeah. that TV show so mm-hmm. many times. 
Yeah. Um, so it's a Pablo Schreiber. I don't, I don't know who this guy is. He's from American gods and orange is the new black. Of course, I don't know yeah. who he played on either of those, but he's a that's actor. another just, Oh, yeah. good. That's well, a good. good cast in my opinion. Yeah. I think he was in the wire too. And I think it was one of his earlier. Okay. Ones. But yeah. He, uh, it's, I'm not, I'm not yeah, familiar with him. Have, have, have you seen the wire? <laughs> <laughs> because if you haven't, you should, it's, it's just probably the greatest TV show of all time. It's a pretty huge deal. Okay, Brooks, tell us about the one of the other bigger games that we're looking forward to. So I think we're all pretty amped about Halo Infinite. I'm I'm super glad they weren't like, ah, we're definitely doing VR. And so they're countering and being like, ah, we're going to do something cooler. Um, oh. Hit us with the latest news on Cyberpunk. Ooh, Cyberpunk. Man, is it is it just a juicy apple dangling from the tree there? Peach. It's a peach. Yeah, I think it's a peach. Or a fruit of peach. No, uh, it looks great. You know, there's not a whole lot on it. Um, recent interview with, uh, I can't remember his name, but he has something to do with the game. Uh, sounds like they took some more direction. Um, and it looks like they're fleshing out the, the RPG components of it. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty excited to see what CD Projekt Red is going to do with it just because of how uh, they talked a lot about how your choices are going to have a massive impact on the game, um, which I thought they did a great job of in The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. to see them evolve that, I think, is is going to be uh, pretty fantastic. Um, they're toting that it's the largest map that CD Projekt Red has ever done. And any, anybody out there that's, that's played The Witcher 3 knows that that is a fucking undertaking. Um, yeah, I think because... The Witcher Three is one of the biggest maps. It's, it, I think it, mm-hmm. it yeah. and Odyssey are two of the largest maps that have ever been created. And I think Huge. The Witcher is <sighs> like slightly larger, though I don't know that it's like all of that is traversable exactly, whereas in Assassin's Creed it essentially is. But the The Witcher one's like 135 square kilometers. That's three <laughs> shots, by the way. If anybody at home playing along with our Podcast yeah. game. Three shots. We are 15, 15 minutes in, and we've mentioned Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, three, four times. Fuck. There you go. Four shots. Go ahead and take another. You <laughs> filthy heathens. But no, uh, I'm, I'm excited because it doesn't seem as like the map is going to be as expansive as far as like uh, just sheer distance. It seems like it's going to be built on top of itself, um, yes. kind of like a, a Metroplex, which is really cool. Um, yeah. Another thing I'm I'm really really excited about is um, the fact that it's based off of a tabletop game, correct? Which is Cyberpunk right. 2020. Yeah. Um, and there's you know, and it's 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 rumors and and, and speculation, but they're thinking like uh, CD Projekt Red said said uh, E3 this year would be the biggest one for them yet, and everybody's thinking like, oh, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to come out in 2020. Um, so we may get it, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but that's still to be, to be seen, but yeah, the game looks, looks gorgeous. There's, uh, I think 40 minutes of gameplay up that you guys can go watch if you want to check it out. Uh, it looks really, really cool though. Uh, graphically, it looks amazing. Um, the world looks very, very alive, which I think is huge, um, when it comes to playing a game like that for immersion. So, yeah, I think one thing they do better than anybody is like in Witcher 3, just the side quests, you you would be in a, a small like village area or something. It'd be this nondescript place in the map that seems so unimportant. 
and you'd grab these side quests off a board or whatever, and you'd start doing them. But there would be this broader narrative about that area that would connect between all these side missions. Like there was one about like a like a prince that was uh, homosexual, and the king was so upset about it, and he was having this secret affair and stuff. And you would find kind of hints of that story and what ultimately happened to that prince just in these kind of random side quests in an area and it, stuff like that was always super interesting to me. And it made it feel like such a lived in world. And I'm so excited to see what they'll do um, in, in an urban <clears throat> futuristic environment. To me, CD Projekt Red is becoming <clears throat> what we all wanted Bethesda to become. You know, they, they've got their medieval piece like Elder Scrolls, and now they're going to have their sci-fi piece like Fallout. But to me, they're putting in the time and the, the work that we all thought Bethesda would. And it seems that Bethesda's kind of pulled the ripcord and it's just not doing that yeah. anymore. Um, yeah, I'm excited for their dialogue options. I always enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm also curious to see what, if they bring kind of a regionality aspect to it again, because that was such a neat thing about Witcher 3 is it had so much like Slavic lore because that studio's in Poland. And there's just stuff you never heard about. It was like a different spin on all kinds of medieval fantasy that was very different than what you usually get. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd love them to kind of own that again because it's it's just a culture that you don't have a lot of access to, really. Um, but it's super interesting. Kyle, why don't you tell us about another RPG that we're I think most of us are pretty excited about, Outer Worlds. They had a little bit of new information to give out this week. Yeah, right off. I didn't watch the trailer. I was like, wow, this looks like Borderlands with Bioshock. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's a good and, and then uh, it yeah, is, sure yeah. enough. <laughs> and then oh, and then I know it had some like Fallout vibes, and then sure enough, they throw it up on the trailer, and I was like, oh, but damn. But no, it seems like yeah. a really good game. Looks great from the the gameplay trailers I watched. Funny. It looks it looks like just humorous, random bullshit in the the whole thing. The whole the whole uh, trailer seemed like that, where there was just little gags and bits throughout which i yeah. always enjoy don't yeah. take yourself too seriously no, you know exactly. i always enjoy that sprinkled in there i thought it was cool too that there it's kind of an alternate history timeline and you know usually when people do that type of thing it's like it's like wolfenstein where you know oh we didn't beat the nazis and sprawls into this ongoing war or something that's wolfenstein's alternate history right it's always like these major crazy events that's obsidian right Obsidian's making the game. Yeah, they did New Vegas and they did Knights of the Old Republic too. Mm-hmm. Good. M- amongst some other things. But they for this game, which this is still a big event in history, don't don't get it twisted, but it's it's it impacted a smaller scale seemingly. But it was uh the death of William McKinley. So he was assassinated by an anarchist and then uh, Teddy Roosevelt took over and then he broke up all the monopolies, right? So this game uh, assumes that William McKinley didn't get killed, so all these monopolies didn't get broken up. And so whatever space travel becomes this thing, it's this very corporatized environment and the a select few companies run everything, essentially. And I thought that's that's kind of a cool premise for it, for a sci-fi yeah. game to root it so far back in history. Now, they talked a little bit about systems and stuff. So, yeah, I liked how they're going to try to add, like, the dialogue. You know, your choices will affect you later on, like, you know, Assassin's Creed and, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. So should be good to see what they do with it. I can't remember what this is called, and you might remember, Kyle, but they have a, they have some type of thing that's like a debuff. You have these effects that you can receive in the game that'll like weaken Alts. you to certain things. 
faults. Mm, no, I didn't come across that. I think they're I think they're calling them flaws, maybe. Flaws, you're right. Yes, that's what mm, it is. Okay. And like one of them in the, in an interview with one of the developers, he said that you could have one of the flaws is robomania. It's a, her throw, uh, robophobia. Sorry, robophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're afraid of robots, and so he said that like it affects you in different ways, and just the action and the moment to moment gunfights and stuff. But he said that if you're in a dialogue with a robot, like one of the choices would just be scream in robot's face and run, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, stuff, like, like to that level. So I think that's kind of oh, cool. man, that's hilarious. That yeah. <laughs> it looks like they'll have some some fun weapons like a shrink ray and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think that. that's going to be and I think that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think that's my only fear and it's not like the weapon design. I think the weapons that we've seen look super cool. It's just the the shooting mechanics early on like let's see in some of the footage it's like mm, that looks kind of stiff and it looks cumbersome. Then look, yeah, it, it it looks like New Vegas. And one thing, Fallout 76, right. not a, not a great game. But they did fix the shooting mechanic. Shooting in Fallout 76 feels way better than any other Fallout game. And I yeah, would have liked to see that like, type of update. Kind of like a Mass Effect-esque where you could just you know switch weapons pretty quick in a, in a firefight, which would be yeah. a good addition. I think you manage a group like Mass Effect as well. Yeah, that, really. That'd be pretty good. What, a, what have you kind boys been playing this week? What games have been tickling your fancy? Well, I've been, I, I've, I've the the standard shit. I'll spare you, but I did, pl- I did uh, play some Toy Soldiers Cold War after the last. Nice, episode. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, awesome. I pop that in for a minute. That's that's still that's still a good one. I haven't played a lot this week, but I jumped back to Overwatch, which was um, refreshing. Ooh. I haven't played Overwatch in a while, so um, I jumped on last night and played some Total Mayhem, which was a blast. It was a really good time. My first experience with their new character, Baptiste. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to catch you on some of that, some Overwatch sometime soon. Yeah, catch me on that Overwatch. How about that? About that. <laughs> how much are you up to in uh, bribes on your cup? <laughs> yeah, how many bribes? Um, I hate to, I hate to say it. Uh, Josh and I purchased it, and uh, I played through a couple days, and it didn't save for some reason. And then I actually bought it again, but on my Switch. So I've just kind of restarted, but I think I'm on day three or four. Um, I might usually cool. take a couple of bribes a day, depending on you know That's how really, soon yeah. it how soon it is to my alimony payment <laughs> being due. That's so silly. Yeah, classic. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle, you've been playing Forza Six, right? Yep. Finally getting to the backlog. Uh, yeah, had that one sitting for a while. Yeah, it's been awesome. I enjoy listening to you play those games just because of like the gripes you have for a racing game are so like technical and nuanced. Like, <laughs> like when something curious, happens when the AI does something. Yes. Yeah. yes. And then if I play a racing game, it's like, I don't know, a, a monkey at a keyboard or something. It's just <laughs> terrible. And I have no idea what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, the AI is still kind of a mess on it, but it's still really fun to play. So. Just barrel through it. <laughs> I, I like you. I kind of went back. Um, I played Hitman Two when it came out. Something else came out around that time that I think we were all playing together. So I just didn't play it much because it's a single player game. So I went back to play it this week, and that game is just so well designed. And I was talking to Brooks last night. 
Bricks has it as well. And we were talking about why people take a break from that game because everything about it's really good. It's a weird hybrid between open world and just a, a campaign mission. So these levels are so massive with so many uh, AI on the map. Um, and it easily takes an hour to do a single story mission. And yeah, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I think that's why most people check out because it's not like you're in that world persistently like an open world and you can just go to a save point called good. I mean, you can save your game at any point, but um, it is overwhelming. But I played it and I had a a great time. They have a suburban level where you track down this older guy that is kind of rooted to your past and he's he's got like the oxygen machine and stuff. And like you almost feel bad for taking him out because it's like (laughs) this dude is, is not so much a threat anymore, but like but that one was nuts because it was like there you arrive in the suburban area and there's like uh, somebody doing a political campaign to one side outside there are joggers running around. There's so many houses in this neighborhood that you can go to. There's people doing like a barbecue and you go and you kind of get gain intel at all these different areas and ultimately find what you need. But it's just so well designed and just so immersive. And when I beat that level, which was like the fifth mission, the game i got a rare achievement that like only six percent people had beaten that level and i was like geez dude like this is that's like a bad sign for the game because it's not just me and brooks that tuned out yeah that tuned out i'm not a try hard it's a regular mission it wasn't anything crazy try hard (laughs) but i was just like shit dude like these games are so overlooked and nobody sticks with them and i hope they kind of figure out a way to make it more approachable because uh, they're such cool experiences i hate that most players aren't getting through toward the end where the game really gets cool i stuck through it my issue with those type of games have always been my completionist ways or so i feel like i have to go through and kill every single person yeah <laughs> where yeah. You know, a lot of times you, you shouldn't do that it'd be a lot easier not doing that yeah, and this one, this one would weigh you down for a long time because they they have so many different kind of things that you can track to kill people in these kind mm-hmm. of wacky specific ways. But each map probably has 30, 40 scenarios you can play into, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about our review this week. I'm excited about this one. Mortal Mortal Kombat 11. Brooks, do you have the strength to do the music? <laughs> Mortal. <laughs> That's that's what I needed. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, now he's gonna collapse. Get over here. I was excited to play this. I was I was actually I was pretty lukewarm leading up to it because like the stuff I'd seen on it, it kind of looked like standard fare for the game. And then as it got closer to the release date, I started reading things about more hands-on experience with the game, and people kept talking about the story and stuff and um i've heard great reviews oh dude it's it's excellent i I would say it's the best mortal Kombat game and it may be the best fighting game i've ever played um and and take all this with a grain of salt because i'm not like a huge fighting game person and probably uh my second place or tied for first would be like fight night that boxing Mm -hmm. game (laughs) because i love those (laughs) um so i realize it's not like the most uh like hardcore gamer answer, you know, I'm not saying Street Fighter 2 or you know, something like yeah, that. Mortal Kombat but, 2 on Sega Genesis was pretty good, but hell yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 was great. You left but, off one of your old uh, WWE SmackDown games. Where we oh, yeah, I, Jesus <laughs> against the devil. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus and Satan, and then we'd be like, we'll base our faith on who wins in this AI fight on a video game. Oh, yeah. too much fun, man. That's yeah, dangerous. It was pretty rowdy. We, we did it. It was like a tombstone match or something. Yeah. And Satan kept uh, power bombing Jesus into a coffin and trying to close the lid, and Jesus kept getting out of the Busting coffin. He <laughs> ultimately Jesus won. And we were like, oh, my God. God. Oh, I just got Jesus God. with a ladder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. Three days later, Josh was calling Kyle back up. Hey, man, you thought that match was over? Hell no. He's back, so baby. <laughs> Happy Easter. Cord back then. Uh. Yeah. Oh, man. I did like those games, too. But uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is awesome. I, I would say not only is like the fighting mechanics just super tight, like they're, they're a little bit slower, a little bit more deliberate than Mortal Kombat X. Um, and what that does is it enables a real heavy emphasis on comboing things. And there's a, a pretty brutal penalty if you miss, if you don't connect with a hit. And so I think it would ultimately it would probably be one of their better games for competitive play because everything feels super balanced, feels fair, feels weighted. Um, and then the story mode, I guess just kind of a basic synopsis. There's a new character called Chronica, and she controls time. And she's higher than the elder gods in the series. And she uh, doesn't care too much for Raiden because he has decapitated her son. And his, her son is an elder god. Yeah, so he doesn't that'll, die. I'll piss you he, off. Yes. He's not in a good state. And she feels yeah. that Raiden is tampering with what should be happening in the timeline. And so she gets Old a bunch move. of different people Uh-oh. to come in and help. And because of the whole time component, you have this scenario where fighters that have been killed off or fighters that have become revenants, like the zombie type people in the nether realm, the younger versions of themselves, like the younger Liu Kang and the younger Johnny Cage. And uh, these guys come back into the game and then they're by there. It's like the young Johnny Cage is interacting with the older Johnny Cage. And that actually, like, when I read that, I was like, this is going to be cheesy. But it was actually kind of a cool statement on, like, how far the game series has come. Because the young Johnny Cage is still acting as cheesy and terrible as he was in the original. Like, there's a part where, like, in in the game, Johnny Cage has uh, married Sonya Blade. They have a kid, Cassie Cage. And then they get divorced. But in this game, they're kind of coming back together. But whenever... (laughs) She, Sonya Blade gets killed toward the beginning of the game. Minor spoiler. Um, but young Johnny Cage comes in. This is going to get so confusing. Forgive me. Young Johnny Cage comes in. Young Sonya Blade comes in after the original one has been killed. And young Johnny Cage says the older one. He's like, I see it, man. I promise to tap that at my earliest convenience for you. And the older Johnny Cage just like grabs him by the ear and leads him outside and stuff because the older one is is somebody that's like experienced loss and knows what it means to sacrifice and have a family and stuff. And so they they do a really good job of kind of blending all that together. But um, interesting. The story was great. Um, And I'm usually not one for like time traveling kind of shit, but uh, it was super compelling. And I think, (laughs) yeah. I think if you, I also think it's like a, a good case for like ensemble movies should look at this game, like Avengers and stuff like that, because they do a really good job of balancing so many characters into the story and how much time they give each one. Oh, yeah. But the end is awesome. Like what happens at the end of that game is fucking nuts and kind of turns the series on its head. 
the last boss fight was brutal. Brooks heard me bitching about it for like eight hours last night because the rest of the game was fairly easy. And then the last boss fight was just chaos. Uh, Should have heard this dude mashing buttons, man. <laughs> if he, tell, if he tells you, hey, that's killed, how you do it. He's fucking lying to your face. It's all button mashing. I heard it. Plan. <laughs> I heard it with my own two ears. But what, one thing they do to kind of avoid just purely button mashing, you can go into your move list and you can tag combos you want to do, special moves you want to do, and it brings them up on your screen. And so instead of having to memorize shit or go look up stuff, it's just tagged. It's just there in the spot on the screen, which is awesome. That sounds amazing. Yes. Such a nice quality my of life problem. feature. Yeah, that's been my problem yes. on every other fighting game in the past is I'll look up doesn't matter how much time I devote to looking up the badass combos and all that shit. It never I'll I'll never remember that shit in a fight. It doesn't matter what game it is or how easy the combo is. It's just There's gonna too be too many buttons. Yeah, I just I've it's I've never been exceptional at any fighting game, really. It's like it's like the old school cheat codes, you know? I liked I, I played the story mode the most, and I think it's it's super good. The only fighting game that could compare would be the Injustice games, which Nether Realm makes those too. I mean, they make Mortal Kombat, they make Injustice. So, those are the only games I think would even come close as far as fighting games on having as, as good of a story. Past that, they have these different tower modes that you can do that are kind of like the original games. And this is where the games caught a little bit of flack for multiple reasons. So, one of the reasons is when the game launched, it was super grindy, super hard, and it seemed like you were going to have to spend money on in-game currency just to buy like consumables and crap to survive in it, which is a very like mobile kind of thing to do to me. Like it seems weird on yeah. console to grind it to that level. Um, or EA. And, yeah. yeah. Or EA. But they, they have a patch coming out at the end of this week that's supposed to alleviate that because they, they made a statement that said that it's not their intention to have you buying any form of currency aside from the one for cosmetics that you can buy in their store. And so they were like, we don't, we didn't intend for you to use that to get consumables and stuff for that mode. So they're retuning all that. So good on them. And then the other bit of controversy the games had, uh, people are com- review bombing it for. Yeah, they are. Um, like Classic. what they're seeing is being like these very politically motivated things in the game. And dude, the, the shit that they're citing is nuts. So one of them is the Jade character has too many clothes on. Because her mo- character model has generally been kind of skimpy. And sure. this character model That's is valid. more clothed. And people are like, what the fuck, man? This yeah. is too... <laughs> it's too, like, PC. It's not... Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's take those clothes off. Yeah, I want it's like... Gross sexuality cares? with my fucking violence. Yeah, with my already loads of gore and... Horror. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, games did Dynasty Warriors? I can't remember one of those. It was always... Flash in the yes. like, uh Dead or Alive. Those that's fighting games. Was, were, yes, yeah, dead or yeah, alive. yeah. <laughs> oh man. And so that one up to me is like silly and a dumb reason to review bombing yeah. game. And then the one that I think is even dumber is if you're Jax and you win the Towers of Time mode, you go back in time and he like saves his family and he ends slavery. Like right at the beginning of slavery, and people were offended. beginning of American <laughs> slavery. Uh, I can't. I didn't do it personally. Like big- I don't know if he goes back even further and ends it like you know in ancient times. 
um, or if he ends it in American slavery. But either way, to me, People it's like wants to be on the pro-slavery side of that. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird place to stand. I, I thought for sure yeah. I misheard you. I thought for sure what you said was people were offended that he went back and invented slavery. Like he popped back and was like, "Hey guys, I have an idea." Um, yeah, but how about we uh, slavery? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, like what? I don't. It's, it's such a weird world. Strange place. Right yeah, um, and then the last one, and I can kind of see this. Um, I, I might be on the the other side of the political spectrum, but I can understand why people might be upset about this. But the uh, Shao Kahn character, if he wins the Towers of Time, he says something like um, he's going to make Outworld great again. Um, oh. And so a little nod to Donald Trump. You know, and I, I can see why people would be like... People, the plum, sure. That's enough. That, that's so crazy to me. I don't know. I don't understand how people get so worked up over shit, but yeah. that's that's all it takes. It's that one line. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can see like that one being like a mild annoyance or whatever. I, I, I can get that. But he's such a I don't know. Yeah, but how dare that you? That game's so cartoony in so many ways. Yeah. It's like, Jeez. <laughs> but ultimately, great game. I, I just rented it. I think that would be my suggestion. But when it's down to like 20 bucks or something, I would say buy it. Because I don't know how much I would actually spend in the the additional modes of the game. But the story mode itself was certainly worth $20. Right on. So how much, I mean, how much roughly, how many hours would the story mode provide you if you bought the game? I think probably four to five hours, um, okay. probably closer to five. And it, it really probably depends on how inept you are on that sure. final boss fight. Sure. I was, uh, I just did it on the normal difficulty. I didn't want to turn the blame on hard or anything. And I breezed through everything, but that last fight, and that one kicked my ass for probably an hour. Mine would be two days then. Cause I could, I'd have to stop for a day to cool down. <laughs> I almost did, dude. I, I like I seriously I almost threw my controller at one point, which I have not done. I'd love to oh, say no. in years. It's only been like a couple I guess I guess I could maybe say two years. I'm getting close to two oh, okay. years since I've thrown one. Couple days for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's talk real quick about and and none of us really are huge like fighting game players, but there's been like a real big wave of fighting games just in the last couple of years. And I'm just going to kind of run through these. And if there's one you want to comment on, hop on in. But we've seen Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which was a 2D fighting game um, with a cool sense of verticality and a lot of visual effects that uh, sold really well. Uh, Street Fighter V came out on PlayStation. Dead or Alive 6 came out this year. Soul Calibur 6 came out this year. Um Dead or Alive, as we mentioned, has the really skimpy ladies with the crazy boob physics. And, what? Uh, mm, boob caliber. Gotta love those boob physics. Mm. Remember seeing those in the classic Game Informers in high school? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, this is a game for 13-year-old boys. Yeah, you can't just <laughs> drop boob physics and expect us not to derail the whole conversation. I said, this is on you, Josh, actually. <laughs> Yep, I don't know what you expected. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get trying to get some work done here, and you can't just say things like that. Gosh, Hunter's We're... married for Christ's sake. <laughs> trying to bait him, Bricks. When you're like rating a game, how important are the boob physics? Like, is this a primary uh, issue that you evaluate out of the gate? Like when you're yeah. playing Sekiro, are you like, where the fuck are the boob physics? Yeah, no, I am. Um, 
for sure. And that's one that has very few boobs in the game that I've encountered so far, which is pretty disappointing. So, you know, uh, no, it's definitely definitely something I look at. Yeah, better review on that. Uh, Red, Dead, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. Very Not little enough boob, boob physics. physics. Yeah. yeah. Those boobs were very static in that game. Yeah, like, come on. We all know they didn't have great bras back then. Suddenly I understand why people are pissed that that one broad was clothed. Bring me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, turns out, some of the turns out best I get it. And boob physics in the game, too, and they just cover it up. Astronauts. What a waste. What I thought. At this point, I think <laughs> that now. I, I didn't realize how, how upset that made me, but turns out I'm going to review bomb them, too. Let's get them. Let's <laughs> get them, gang. Should we keep this, uh, should we keep this kind of, you know, both sides and also talk about dong physics? How important <laughs> is our, our dong physics in a game to you? Is that something you judge like right out of the gate? Well, you know that gender equality is near and dear to my heart. And if we're going to emphasize these uh, really intricate physics for some great bobs, then we probably should uh, should do the same for some, some swing and dance. You know? For yeah. pretty well with the dildo bat. Yes. Some, yeah. Some notable exceptions. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is where this is where we're at. Yeah. There, there's only one that takes the cake though that we we've, we've discussed, and it's still worth your time. Climb your friends, but it's integral. It's integral. It's not gratuitous. It's it's necessary. The dong <laughs> physics in that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was it Conan Exiles that had the the uh, like endowment slider in that game? That's the one. Yeah. That's yes. it was one of the yeah. Conans, but I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not on the Xbox version. What? Microsoft wouldn't let that happen. How <laughs> dare yeah. that? So, if you're interested in an endowment slider, you buy that on PC. <laughs> um, and so, Soul Calibur Six also came out this year. And the big thing with Soul Calibur Six, you know, where I think like story, Mortal Kombat owns that. Nobody's going to compete. Uh, Soul Calibur owns character creator. Uh, I really enjoyed mm. seeing all the different people, uh, random players were making. On this game, I, I saw like a really good Patrick from SpongeBob and just uh, dumb shit, awesome. you know. That one is is one that that plays pretty well, but it to me and I haven't played six, but the the previous ones were always more arcadey than Mortal Kombat, which I know like Mortal Kombat's pretty arcadey to the core, but like it it never felt as I have to really think about what I'm doing here. I have to string a combo here. I have to do, you know, it 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 was more button mashing in my opinion. Um, and Justice Two came out, I think. Two years ago, it was probably the older game on the list, uh, which was also great, great story. Um, that one had a neat like loot system that you could equip different loot to your superhero characters. And then Smash Bros. Ultimate came out. Was it in December, Hunter? Yeah, November. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah that that's that's a great one. Like I said, this is this is really the only fighting game that that I play with any regularity, um, and that that's a great one. I'm not great at it, so you know I don't. Don't claim to be that guy, but I, I really enjoyed. They have a lot of mo- modes on it. Uh, there's a reason it's called Ultimate. If you haven't looked it up, there's basically every character and a handful on every map, and then every variation of every map from every Smash Brothers with uh, with some extra ones. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really impressive what went into that game. If you have a Switch, it's worth full price for it, just for the the amount of content that is in that into in that one. So that one's worth checking out if you're even vaguely. Into it. it's a fun party game too. Um, yeah, you know any anybody can play that one and, and really enjoy it. I still have PTSD from Melee, which came out on GameCube. 
because yeah. my buddy Michael would just play as Kirby every time and he would do the tombstone move where he turns into or whatever a rock or whatever right. and just drops right down on you. Down B. He would just do that over and over and over again. Yeah. It was the only move he would do. And it was so funny because like most of my friends had GameCubes at the time and we all loved that game. And Michael got the GameCube later than all of us, got that game later than all of us, came in and ruined all of our joy. I think we all switched <laughs> consoles after that just because of down B Kirby yep. move because we couldn't Jesus. be subjected to it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But that's, us. that's still yeah. a problem. There's still a handful of them, which we'll talk about some more, some issues with some of those characters a little bit later in the podcast. Sure. But, and then we'll come out 11 came out this week. And I, I, I do think it's, it's one of the best fighting games ever played. So if, if you're interested in that genre, check it out. If you can catch a good deal on it in the coming months, Pick it up because I, I think it's a cool experience. If nothing else, rent it. Enjoy the story. Super solid. And then I want to segue here. <laughs> so the, this month, there have been a couple of high-profile real-world fights <laughs> or <laughs> altercations <laughs> from right. like esports events. Um, so let's let's take the fighting genre and apply it to the real world in a gaming space. Um, yes. The first one was at a 2K19 matchup. Um, where uh, a team that was essentially like a, a B team, they weren't anything to write home about, apparently beat one of the bigger names. And the guys were so beat pissed about soundly. it. Soundly. Yes. Beat them by like soundly. 20 points. And as they're shaking hands at the end, one of the guys shoulder checks another one and then turns into a shoving match. Oh, and, uh, so silly. Yes, it's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. But like, I what's what kills me is you, you kind of run into this dilemma, right? Because in esports for two K nineteen, I think it's something like they average five thousand viewers on Twitch, okay, which is not crazy high compared to a lot of their bigger names on that streaming platform. And so they they are in a position where they need some headlines and they need some craziness, right? So from like that standpoint, you almost need people to be fighting. But whenever this fight breaks out, the director has them cut away from filming it and go to like the the standings or whatever and a little ticker of how soon the next match is. And I'm just like, come on, dude. This is your one chance to like get some good viewership, you know? Most it's like why people thing that happened. <laughs> yes. People liked nascar because of all of the crashes and the craziness of it and now nascar's gotten so tame people you know don't watch it as much you know they don't have the viewership that they used to it's kind of the same thing which is kind of fucked because you want people to be safe you want people to be in a good environment yeah. but at the same time put on a show like don't don't kill the want some drama the energy yeah That's absolutely drama cells. The, the fight i've kind of grown out of but I mean, we all know you all know, don't lie to yourselves. You know that you've been playing a match and you've been playing War Pigeons on Battlefield 1 and some asshole is just camping and fucking your life up. Yes. And you know that in that moment, if that man walked through your door, you'd punch him right in the face or that player. You know you would, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's, it's not surprising that this happens every once in a while. But like the shoulder check, that's not really my speed. But the next story is more my kind of, <laughs> of altercation and entertainment, um, yeah. which was after after a um, a Super Smash Brothers uh, melee competition, it was one of the one of the of top course. players. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I apologize, but uh, I, it was apparently Juan... after 
Juan de Biedma, and he goes by uh, Hungry Boxer H Box. Let's call him H Box for the sake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's apparently a, a really, really high ranked player, and it, I think he had just won this, and somebody. I can't stress this enough. This is more my speed. Threw a dead crab at him, like a crustacean. <laughs> pressed the wrong button. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah, like a sea cricket, like a crab. They threw it on the stage in real life at him, and it's so confusing to me to think yes. that somebody somebody left their house that day with a crab in their pocket, fully intent on throwing it at this guy. It's not the act of throwing it. It's the funniest thing to me is somebody walked around for at least four hours with a dead crab in their pocket, yeah. waiting for the, and they the had proper the, moment to throw it. They were trying to think of like the best way to sneak it past security. Yeah. and like, Sat know. there through the whole tournament with a stinking crustacean in his hoodie pocket. It's well, so maybe, silly oh, to me. Hold on. Maybe it was alive. And for most, most of the day, was not. Well, it <laughs> died in his pocket or went to the stage. Yeah, it died upon impact. That's fair. <laughs> oh, was there a Kroger nearby? That doesn't help the case at all. That makes it more strange, but that is a new, interesting perspective. Do you think this is like a classist move? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the type of food. I, I guess if it was, was a lobster, it would be. I think, was, I, yeah, yeah. I think he was just so upset that he sacrificed his pet crab, you know? <laughs> I mean, this dude just wanted to go have a day on the town with his pet crab, and somebody just had a fucking rain on his parade to the point where he thought, I'm going to pull this crab out, I'm going to huck it up there at this dude. And that right. was the end. Yeah, I, I think he probably showed up with like a horse's head. <laughs> he couldn't get that through, so he was just So that's like the next step. He's going to godfather him. Let's yeah. see, let's see, let's oh, see. My. Severed horse's head didn't work. What's next? Uh, crab? Yeah, let's grab a crab. Take I'll fit right in my cargo short pocket because you know the guy was wearing fucking cargo shorts. Fuck yeah, and, and sandals. Maybe a croc. Just yeah. one croc. Take a croc. Maybe uh, something jellies. with the, the size of the crustacean. You know, with a lobster, he's probably pretty pissed, but, you know, a little crab, you know, maybe just a little perturbed. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, what what was so strange to me is like <laughs> I don't know, he got madder than I would have gotten. I mean he handled it fine. Yes. I mean somebody threw something at him. Like he handled it fine. It's not like the guy freaked out and charged the guy. The guy who threw it apparently was caught and as and thrown out by security. Like it was all handled fine. It was just a silly story. But um I don't know that there was a meaning to the crab or anything. Like it was just, yeah. it's just so strange. Like I would have just laughed because that's more my speed. I just want to confuse you with my bullshit. Yes. But um, do you think he asked for the crab back as he was being thrown out? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where I would have caused the real scene. You know, to be like my my fucking grandfather gave me that crab. <laughs> that crab's been in my family for generations. <laughs> Sir, you just tried awesome. to crater a human temple. With your pet crab, I think you've lost all rights. But it was just so weird. It didn't hit the guy. It just landed next to him. It was just weird. It's just a weird story. I wonder yeah. if he's the one that threw the shoe at George Bush. It is probably <laughs> one and the same. Yeah, I love that. Oh, it goes deeper. She's just walking around with random fucking objects and hucking them at people, huh? Today We've talked shoe, about tomorrow it's a crab. Like <laughs> some good video games journalism on this podcast before. So I have to read 
what Polygon wrote about this. I just have to read one paragraph here because this killed me. This is this is just yeah, the, yeah, uh, do it. the height of video games journalism. Okay. Dabidma is Super Smash Brothers Melee's most successful player and known for maintaining Jigglypuff. His dominance, combined with play on a character many consider frustrating, have made him a controversial figure, and he's received harassment in the past. In 2018, he tweeted about the continuous conflict, writing, I'm literally mocked by my peers, my competitors, and community figureheads on a daily basis. Like, what's the point anymore? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) competitor on a game that came out in what 2000 2001 yes 18 years later he's playing chicken everything about it's so weird what a time it is very strange yes (laughs) just don't know what to do anymore man well i don't know (laughs) fucking how about another game or another character (laughs) anything else (laughs) couple tissues (laughs) oh man have any of you had like gotten physical with somebody while you're playing video games. Uh, back in the back in the System Link days, it would get heated <laughs> every once in a while. With you'd have all your friends take over some poor. As the older I get, I realized that was somebody's house. Like that was one of my friend's parents' house that we put four Xboxes in and linked them all together and trashed like a bunch of assholes. But it would get intense every once in a while. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but you know, you'd get into that with some buddies. I broke a controller. That's about it. Sure, sure. Back in the Halo days. Yeah. Halo 2. Nice. (laughs) Threw it on the floor. (laughs) My buddy Drew and his brother Ryan, and I was probably first or second grade at this time. Every day after school, I'd go to his house for a bit. My mom was working on her master's degree and stuff, and I I would hang out there. And um, We played um, NFL Blitz a lot on N64. Oh, beautiful. We broke upwards of five controllers playing that game and both <laughs> drew and ryan would get so mad that they would punch holes in the drywall and then their mom would make them repair it so if you go into their house to this day there's just like all these spots oh, <laughs> where wow, punch holes in the wall and like one time we got so mad at ryan that we were like we're not playing with you anymore and ryan is probably three or four years older than us no, maybe four or five. And he, uh, so we shut the door and we locked it. And he got a drill and drilled the whole. Thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> like awesome. Dumb fucking shit of video games. Oh, but uh, that game was um, fucked up though, because you they would give you the rest of the play clock after the game. The play was over on the first blitz to just power like pile drive the shit. So, yeah, yes. like th- this poor bastard you just tackled. You could just keep dropping elbows on him for 30 seconds <laughs> and you would just keep <laughs> fucking him up and it would just never stop. So it did get humiliating. And then you could see what the other person was picking for their play. Yeah. Um, unless I, I think there was something you could do to hide it, but then it was so easy to get lost on where you were actually at on the selection. Oh right. yeah. Cause to hide it's, it, you had to hide it from yourself. So you had to memorize uh, which plays were where <laughs> yeah. done, but you only had like two plays. That's, awesome. That's the only ones you knew what you were doing, you know, but I remember, um, so we would get in these, uh, heated uh uh more combat fights and you know now i'm sitting here remembering this i think we were playing college football 97 actually yeah but anyways oh, wow. uh, my buddy uh he, my neighbors they were brothers and one of them was two years older than me and 
he unplugged his controller um, when he would go to the bathroom, pause the game and unplug his controller. His little brother and I plugged in the mouse controller and uh, when he was in the bathroom and, and proceeded to screw the game up for him. He came back in and, and it was a fucking knockdown drag out, man. I remember they got sent home <laughs> crying. I got kicked in the throat while I was laying on the ground. It was uh, oh, man. It's pretty pretty violent for the SNES days. That's aggressive, dude. I also wanted to extend this beyond um, just physical altercations. I think we've all kind of had run-ins with uh, some beef, probably primarily in Rocket League, chat where we're warriors. sending messages <laughs> or chat, and uh, it gets out of hand. And um, I I got banned. I got chat banned for twenty four hours uh, for telling somebody to chortle my balls. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Hunter Hunter got uh, chat banned for a much significantly longer amount of time. Hunter, uh, I I would be honored if you'd be willing to bring up your messages. I don't know if you have that handy on Um, the thing that got you. Well, I I do have them handy. I'll spare you the the play-by-play, but (laughs) it was on Rocket League, and previously... Uh, about a month before this, this was back in 2017. So it's been a little bit now, but um, in like February of 2017, I got a quick 24 hour ban for, I believe I called a guy a cock hawk. Um, <laughs> you know, not That's because, it, yeah, yeah, not because it's particularly hilarious, but only because it makes me chuckle. Um, and so I, I, I'll call people random names. I used to try to hurt people. That's what Xbox used to be, but now I just want to confuse you. That's all. Like, I just, I want to call you a silly name and confuse you. And I, I think it's funny. You used to could get away with these kind of things. Um, and so you can chat inside a game like rocket league and it's harder to report people. And I would often talk shit in these games and then it would spill over to the DMS through the dashboard and those you can report individually. And so about a month later, like that ban was over before I realized it had happened. Like that happened on like a Saturday. By the time I got back on, the ban was lifted. No problem. Well, about a month, a month and a half later, we were playing with uh, a good friend of of all of ours and podcast, good friend of the podcast. Um, and he was called a, a, a faggot <laughs> in game. And yeah. Adam deserves it the least of all of us. We all deserve mm-hmm, it for right. something, but... <laughs> Adam deserves it the least. And so I started talking shit. And of course, this was all in jest. This was all in the spirit of trash talking. I thought. And I spilled over. I started it on the DMs. And we went we went back and forth. I'll, again, I'll spare you all the details. But just uh, for, for an example. And remember, this is juvenile. I know. I didn't think this was going to be aired on the <laughs> internet at the time. For all the world to know for all time. Um, so this, this was just for me. It was just because I enjoyed it. Not because I thought it was particularly hilarious. Uh-huh. I'd tell people things such as suck tiger tits or antelope, yeah. call them an antelope anus, stupid <laughs> shit. It's dumb. It's oh, dumb. Man. I enjoy the alliteration and the animal part of it. I don't know. It's just funny to me. So we went off on this. I insinuated he had zebra ejaculate in his eyes. Things of, the, things of this nature. <laughs> I insinuated. <laughs> well, yeah, and that he was a testicle tickler. Um, asked him to lick me where I fart. Stupid shit. It was dumb shit. Well, what happens is um, he kept inviting me to a, a chat party. I declined because I was in a party with all my buddies, and we were just laughing and having a good time. And this pissed him off further and further, and he got a couple of his other buddies to message me back, which I took the bait. And so I'm 
calling three or four guys different stupid names thinking that we're playing the game, right? It's the jungle. You just talk shit and whoever gets the last word wins and you all go to bed and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I was getting reported for every one of those messages and ended up catching like a three and a half week chat ban where I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't do <laughs> nice. Like even with friends, like I couldn't do uh, voice uh, chat or communication with uh, communication with anybody of any form. It was it was a real pain, and I was uh, pretty upset about it. I'm still not particularly happy about it. Uh, I got cited for profanity and hate speech. So the TOS of Microsoft um, does not abide by the the bill of for, bill of rights. Just for neither nobody does. <laughs> Sony doesn't either. Mm -hmm. like nobody has this. Not yeah, yeah. Thing in this TOS. So just for future reference, boys and girls. Um, at least make it harder to track your shit talk because they will ban. If I get banned again, uh, I could potentially get my IP address banned or my gamer tag completely banned and wiped where I'd have to start over. Like, because they happen pretty now at this point, it's been a year, it's been a couple years now since that has happened. So it may not be that extreme now, uh, but I've had to really watch it because because of that. So, you know, that that, that yeah. was the most extreme bird. That, I, I got a month chat ban because I called the guy an antelope anus and said he had zebra ejaculate in his eyes. So what I think is funny is I'm right alongside both of you doing all this and I have yet to catch any of it. <laughs> I probably yeah, just cursed at my saying that now. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You know, I'm over you the same. Just go straddle a train and I still flag <laughs> for anything yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll still talk shit in game, but. Yeah, I'm surprised you got hit with like the hate speech thing because you took took extra steps to insulate yourself from that. I did. I did. Because you, you told him I had a, you said something like uh, you were like a, a gay deaf mute who identified as a unicorn <laughs> and like asked them if they were some sort of homophobe. Yeah. I did exactly because I was trying to insulate uh, that from that from from the hate speech. I didn't know yeah. profanity was against the TOS. I didn't think I'd get such a, a such a strict ban over just the profanity. Such, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't work. So it is dumb. Uh, I didn't, and I appealed it, and they promptly said, "Go fuck yourself, sir." Yeah. I mean, it was just I thought for sure that this was a joke because it was so clearly bullshit. Like I didn't threaten the guy's life in any sense of the word. I didn't tell it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was not right. the whole thing was juvenile nonsense for the sake of being yeah. juvenile and. Uh, I, I was kind of shocked at how how strict it was again, but you know that's that's why hate speech is dumb. Europeans because it didn't mean anything. That's about that's about the, the story on that. You better somebody else better take over. It's starting to start getting real political. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well I always think of that like video game donkey video. I think I showed it to you, Hunter, where he he gets banned from League of Legends for like a month, and he just says I'm done playing it because he gets banned for talking shit on this one guy who's basically feeding kills for the other team and it's in a competitive match really high rank oh, and he gets so mad at this guy who's just essentially helping out the other team and he gets banned he's like i get banned for talking shit you're supposed to talk shit in video games i understand banning somebody mm -hmm. for cheating or helping the other team or do you know what i mean like right, these other things that guy, that guy should have been banned for that's it's been mm -hmm. in a competitive match that should be that should be ejectable behavior feeding the like throwing a game in a competitive environment is is uncouth you know yeah but yeah. that's that's it used to be that that's why yeah I, we, we talk about the wild west of xbox live yeah, yeah your your gears two days hunter where you could say anything and it was wild and and i i kind of miss that 
Yeah, it used to be the jungle. The whole internet used to be like this. The the whole game used to be say the most outrageous shit, and whoever says the most outrageous shit last wins the altercation. And it's just nonsense. Yeah. It's not. It's barely part of the experience, you know. But that's what it used to be. And this all this shit snuck up on me. Uh, I miss the good now, old Halo Two uh, big team lobbies because oh, <laughs> oh yeah. just God. get some good fights going there. <laughs> and it used to be so dark. Like the, some oh, of the yeah. shit I yes. used to say to dark. people, I'd get arrested for now. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it, it was it's just so shocking to me that that it's so easy to to ban people and whatever. I mean, I, I, I suppose I did go against the TOS, whatever. I just have philosophical disagreements with it. And it, it's just strange the whole culture, the way the whole culture shifted that away. Seems like it happened fast. Uh yes, but that, that was my that's my biggest experience since then i've kind of laid low because i enjoy playing xbox and it worked you can you can beat people into submission you know so congratulations microsoft and and i i agree with you like if you're not saying racist or homophobic things or threatening them Mm -hmm. with actual violence who cares best like you know what i mean like if you're not doing any of those like i just don't see why it matters that much well, and like you could tell, like I, like I said, I'm, I'll spare you that because I still have, I've kept the messages because I think it's so absurd that I'll look over them every once in a while. I'll look over those specific threats, and they're so stupid. Um, and you could tell the guy, none of the guys I was talking to were honestly offended. They were throwing it right back, but they were baiting me into it. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they purely did. It was like this review bomb, and they did it because they knew they could get away with it, and they did. And I won't report them on principle because I think you should be able to say anything this side of incitement or, um, or intent for violence, you know? And so I don't, I don't report people on, on principle. And so I wasn't thinking about it. Uh, and bam, I got hit with like 16, 16, uh, reported messages and got, yeah. got beat up on it. <laughs> so, you know, keep that in mind for future reference <laughs> friends. Well, I, I think we've covered about everything we intended to cover on this episode and, um, bricks as we, into every episode, why didn't you tell them what's in the box? Ooh, hit me. In the box this week is everybody's own, very own personal endowment slider. That's right. Has <laughs> life got you down? Are you a little too short in between the legs? Well, don't worry. There's an endowment slider for you. What? Does that include girth? Or is that it, just length? Is this a microtransaction? Yes, it is. It comes in a loose box. I wrote transaction. Not only can you adjust the girth, the uh, length, but you can special. also adjust the yaw. Yeah. <laughs> All right.